Okay, so this is kind of an interesting uh, episode. It's just kind of one in the middle. I've got some other stuff coming up and I've been working on a log for my current cutting uh, cycle, which is almost done. This one is covering uh, kind of the science side of, of uh, lifting and a couple of the things going on with that. Anyway, like I say, it's a bit it's a bit different, but uh, give it a listen. Uh, hopefully, you like it. Okay, so I wanted to mention something that's. I figured I should address because I recently did a review on Jeffrey uh, Verity Schofield's sweat book, and I, I did it. I did the review on it as a blog as well as as a podcast. So my overall review, my overall assessment is that I didn't really see anything in there that was that I would argue with per se. Uh, I did find the layout of it to be a little bit weird and pretentious and those kinds of things. Whatever, that's that's the way some people are. That doesn't make it wrong necessarily. What I did find in particular kind of weird was that he was placing volume, frequency, um, I think intensity, those sort of, he mentioned them first and then way at the end started talking about progression and I made an issue of that because in my from my perspective pro progression trumps those things I was thinking about those today because I was thinking why might he have done it this way I like to and maybe to be honest I should have asked that question earlier but there was a lot on my mind as I was reviewing it, things I wanted to cover, so maybe it just got lost in the mix. But I did start thinking about, okay, what might have led this to him? And I wonder what other people say. And so I looked at uh, Eric Helms's book. It's a, uh, it's a muscle and strength pyramid. And he's pretty highly regarded in the community, in the uh, muscle building community for the most part as someone who knows the science and knows how to interpret the science and he actually does in his rank order of importance first is adherence which is I, I get it I understand why that's there next his second one up is volume intensity frequency following that progression so his are in that order and so it could very well be that the reasoning for Jeffrey's thing is he was sort of using this and I saw this I'm like is this right am I wrong and as I read further on the logic underlying this I think I kind of get why or at least why Eric Helms ordered it in this way and I think because actually in his discussion about progression, he said that while progressive overload and progression aren't necessarily the same thing, he, he said that 
first and foremost, in order for progression, first you have to make sure you're working in the optimal way, and that's where things like volume and frequency and, and intensity come in. So, okay, I, I kind of get that. I kind of get why you would structure it that way. And maybe the way I'm thinking about it is as somebody who's had some experience training enough that the, the such things as tweaking volume, frequency, um, even intensity have minor effects, whereas progressive overload, or perhaps I'm thinking progressive resistance, have major benefits. So the way I'm thinking about it is, well, what has the, the greater impact? So I would say that progressive overload with consistent technique seems to, in my experience, be a more important driver than fiddling with such things as, am I getting in enough sets this week? Or maybe I'm just an outlier. I don't know. So another little interesting thing from today with someone else from the uh, muscle building scientific community, Jeff Nippard, who um, I don't think I've really talked much about him. I've, I've mentioned, you know, some of his stuff is kind of sounds pretty good in that. And so... And in general, I've, I've thought he's pretty good and whatever. This was interesting, though. It was uh, another one. I didn't really expect this from him, but it it's quite interesting. So he posted a picture of himself today on Instagram uh, getting a vaccine. And he kind of went on to say how it was kind of a post trying to convince people that they should get vaccinated which is is fine you know if you feel that getting vaccinated is the right sensible smart thing then you know that's a belief I, I think you should hold but I mentioned before what what message does it send with all these people posting, you know, selfies of themselves, uh, getting beside the "I've been vaccinated" sign and all, and getting stickers and all this, what is what is the message there? And the message is that I am a good person for having gotten vaccinated. I am a good, selfless, moral person, and anybody who hasn't is therefore immoral. So you're placing yourself on a moral um, pedestal. And I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. He's smart enough to know, or he should be smart enough to know, what kind of message this type of thing sends. This kind of goes back to one of the big problems with it, which is that people try to outsmart morality. They think that because they, they see themselves as being so smart, so infallible, so whatever, that they can be justified with this kind of skewed ethical uh, worldview. You don't have to be moral if you're smart. It's basically Scar from the Lion King. 
and a bunch of his little kind of dweeby soy boy followers decided to attack me when I basically said, you know, that pictures like this tend to send a bad, bad message. That's all I said. I did have to elaborate to some of the people who seemed offended by the fact that I think that you should be careful with this kind of messaging. And you know, it, it all comes down to the fact that just because you believe that you are right and you believe somebody else is wrong, should you really be mean and nasty and exclusionary towards those people? That to me just demonstrates exactly that that kind of behavior is morally wrong. You're just proving my point for me. And all the little whiny people who complained about my comment by attacking me, again, proved my point. They proved me right. And uh, I do actually find it kind of interesting that with Jeffrey Schofield, who I started out talking about, my big objection with him in the first place, it wasn't even the logical type of things he was saying. It wasn't that I was... I never claimed that I think he's stupid per se or that he's... he, what he's saying is wrong factually. My entire qualm with him in the first place was the way in which he was presenting his data, his material. He pitched his book, he he used some, a review of someone else's book as kind of an underhanded way to try to sell his own. I thought it was kind of an unethical marketing ploy he was using. And this is a guy who fancies himself as so smart he can't use the word chapter in his book. He has to word, use the word compendium. Again, somebody who thinks he's so smart that he doesn't have to be ethical. So, with all this talk of science-y stuff that I was kind of looping around in circles and talking about here and there, a thought came to me that, you know, I kind of gravitate, maybe it's just that I'm not super academic, whatever, but I gravitate towards more like people like John Meadows who would say things like, let the science guys figure out the science. And, you know, I'm just going to go in and work hard. And and that philosophy resonates with me. I'm, I've learned a lot. Most of it, most of what useful information I've learned has actually come from trial and error, from learning, from experimenting. Obviously, we all have certain intellectual capabilities and we should use that to the best of our abilities and try to, but in the end, really all that's doing is it's taking out, hopefully, a little bit of the trial and error. But getting too bogged down in what the science says, to be honest, that's only held me back. And that's to say nothing of these does trying to see yourself as as 
super smart, so smart that you don't have to be humble and whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know. Does 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 that play into that? I don't know necessarily, but to me, it's it's not a philosophy that works. It's not. Anytime I've tried to build a program based purely on what's the most scientifically sound thing, it it's had mediocre results at best. So in this sense, actually, I suppose to to Eric Helms's point, adherence is super important because in order for you to adhere to something, it has to be something that you enjoy. Uh, so you can almost throw out the rest of the science at that point is because if you don't enjoy it, you won't do it, whatever. So anyway, I think I'll wrap it up there. I think I've blathered on long enough about this interesting topic in a kind of different way. <laughs>